This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. This is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are taking a look back at Atlantis, The Lost Empire, to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Now, Sarah, this is your pick. Do you have a 60-second synopsis for us? I don't, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to get a timer ready here as you muster your will and the words you don't have written down to figure out if you can do this in 60 seconds i feel like this is this is sarah's way of doing things though all right it is but i did this one real real late at night so all right here we go and in three two one go milo thatch Some guy probably in his 20s who works at a university and everyone hates him because he's a crazy person who believes Atlantis exists, um, kind of gets fired because he's a crazy person who thinks Atlantis exists, finds an old friend eccentric millionaire of his grandfather who wants to help fund his research to go find Atlantis, um, along with a ragtag team of people who fit various functions to find Atlantis. They go down into the ocean in a big submarine but they get attacked by a giant robot monster called the Leviathan. It destroys the ship and kills, like, a lot of people. But part of all of the main characters escape, but they go down a tunnel and they find a bunch of things that make them think they're finding the city of Atlantis. They find Atlantis and they are found by the princess. The princess thinks they can help her save her society and because Milo can speak Atlantean, what the Atlanteans can't speak anymore. Just Uh, keep going. Finish it uh, (laughs) out. But it turns out all of the ragtag team actually just want to steal the giant diamond crystal, but it turns out the diamond crystal is not a crystal, but is actually a living thing that takes people's bodies to use its power, and then they kill the bad guys, and Milo sees an Atlantis, and everyone's happy. The end. Alrighty. <laughs> so, normally, 60-second synopsis are supposed to give people an idea of what the plot is for the film, I... so we can go into more niche <laughs> things during our longer discussion. I'm so sorry! <laughs> well, since we don't have a plot, I guess we're not going into the longer discussion. Oh, so, episode also, over. We, we also there's to. a volcano? <laughs> yes, there is a volcano, but we will go into that in long form. So, Guys, what did you see as adults that you Nimoy. missed as children i want uh sarah said in her thing that he works at a school i guess i thought it was technically true oh i I believed it to be a university it might have been a university i I don't remember it's the smithsonian oh (laughs) well sarah you and i were both wrong then boom the other thing i want to fix in that is the rich guy whitmore who comes along and provides the expedition he doesn't, uh, to Milo doesn't go looking for them. Oh, yeah. Whitmore just finds him. Yeah. He kidnaps, and then furthermore, uh, Whitmore tests him to see if he wants to join the team. And Milo passed the test. But before this happens, 
he the, Whitmore has ruined Milo's life. He has resigned wife. from his job. He has life. He has <laughs> ruined his job. He has sold his apartment. He has put Kidnapped all of his, his affairs cat. in order and packed everything for Milo. So even if Milo didn't want to go on the journey, he has no other choice right now. I did say he was a crazy person. Yes. So and also kissed his grandfather. Yes, we we should get into that. So Whitmore <laughs> is a of friend. The grandfather. Yes, <laughs> describe the kiss in eccentric detail. Eccentric. I said what I said. I stick by it. Be crazy hey, about the, the detail you give. The guy from Frasier. It is. And yes, he's dead the now. dad. He's the dad from Frasier. But it wasn't supposed to be the guy from Frasier. It's supposed to be the other guy from Frasier. No, it was not supposed to be any guy from Frasier. <laughs> John um, it, Mahoney is the guy from Frasier. Um, yes, was, the dad from Frasier. Yes. It was supposed to be Lloyd Bridges, but he died. Oh. Although I, mean, I have to say John did a good job. I mean, he died 20 years ago. Sorry, Lloyd Bridges. But... <laughs> wait, wait, 20 years before this movie was made? No, this movie came out 20 years ago. What? <laughs> what? This is news to me. It was like 2001. <laughs> That's only 17 years, but close enough. Which but, is pretty close to 20. But when they started working on it, it was like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that would That's make sense. Because Lloyd Bridges died in 1998, which is probably when they started casting and designing characters. Animated movies take a lot of time, you guys. Yes, they anyway, do. Anyway, Sarah brought up this historical kiss that we still haven't elaborated oh, on. Right. No, I just <laughs> wanted to get into the relationship about the grandfather because it's... Milo's driving motivation. Yes. His grandfather was an explorer who believed in Atlantis, and Milo has spent his life researching and learning dead languages, trying to decipher the clues to see where Atlantis could be. And, and it seems to be both a motivation for Milo and for crazy millionaire Whit Whitmore? Whitcomb? Yes, Whitmore. 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 And it seems to be maybe one of the few reasons why they decide very quickly to trust each other, because... Both of them have the motivation is they want to find Atlantis because they want to redeem the memory of the grandfather. The grandfather died kind of being treated like a crazy person and he decide, died a broken man because no one believed him. And right. Though from what Whitmore says, the grandfather made a bet that if he found this book, Whitmore would then have to send an expedition there. And the grandfather found the book before he died and now... Whitmore is spending millions upon or, millions of dollars to send this expedition. No, d was the grandfather with the expedition, or did that happen after he died? Because um, so he, he knew where the book was. Was, but right. I don't think he went on the expedition because what's her name? The mechanic went on the expedition, but she said she didn't know the grandfather at all. I thought she was the youngest member of this new expedition and was not on the first one. But I thought she, they said that everyone on that expedition went on the previous expedition. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember I know there was a photo. I did not check to see if she was in it. Let's I do remember that the doctor went on the previous exposition. Right. The I doctor, uh, Rourke, the commander went on yes. it. Uh, tall lady with the braid went on it. Cookie Helga. went on it. Everybody <laughs> went on this. I thought it was all of them, but I don't... I could be wrong. But anyway, Whitmore has a book that the grandfather either found or figured out where to find. Um, and we get to see uh, some of the Atlantis, Atlantis writing very early in the film where Milo is oh, doing his mock presentation. 
the maybe it was her father that went on the Iceland one, and she took over after that. Yeah. Uh, but we get to see some of the Atlantis writing, and Milo does his presentation explaining, well, we saw this thing, and we thought it was Iceland, or no, we thought it was Ireland, and we discovered, oh, no, wait, it's Iceland. Uh, what I don't like about this writing uh, is that it's a one-to-one cryptogram-type translation, where every Atlantis, Atlantean character translates directly to an English character. So they're basically speaking English. They just have different symbols for our letters. Well, they kind of, because later on when they get down there, they're also speaking French and uh, some other language that I forget while they're talking to them. And they said that they had a root dialect. So I think it kind of can be translated to any language. I I will say that maybe this is the only time they do it because it's a quick scene because turns out, Apparently, Atlantean, they made it into a real language. If you look in the trivia, the same guy that made, like, I don't remember if it was Klingon or Vulcan or something like that, <laughs> made this language. <laughs> like, All right. And perhaps they, they break with the traditions they showed here that yeah. it wasn't a direct one-to-one mapping. Because in his presentation, the reason they figured out it was uh, Iceland instead of Ireland is that one character was translated bad. Well, and I don't even know if that's supposed to be Atlantean on the shield. It might be a different language. Okay. I think it's just Atlantean in the book. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. But I did look it up, and I I don't remember if it was Klingon or something, but it's the same thing you did a bunch of Star Trek languages made the Atlantean language, and it is a real full language that he made. Now, does he base it off of the words that are spoken by the Atlantean people? I think they're all the same language. Okay. That it's all he made. Like, I'd have to look it up. Interesting. I would be curious to see that. Uh, but let's get moving to the expedition, because the, the film certainly does. Within the 15-minute mark, we are already on our journey. They do not spend a lot of time establishing Milo before he is whisked away and sent on this journey. We understand him to be an academic. We understand that he knows dead languages uh, and that he loves his grandfather. With that, it's enough to get us moving, and it's enough for the expedition to begin. Also that he is a huge nerd. I said academic. (laughs) Huge nerd. They're different things. All right. So once he gets on the ship, he meets this whole cast of characters uh, who are all very good at exactly one thing. Um, It's Mark Okrand. He created Klingon. Okay. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good thing we got that figured What out. can you tell us about Atlantis, the Lost Empire? <laughs> it's at the bottom of the ocean. All right, well, let's go through the crew here. Who do you guys want to start with? Mole. Uh, Mole. Mole is your favorite? Cookie is the best, obviously. Oh, but it's sad with Cookie. Why? Why? Because he died. What? Does he? When? Not Cookie, the actor. Oh. Well, yes. uh, wait, Jim so Barney? So did Joe Mahoney. No, but Jim Varney died during this movie. Oh, oh. Well. well, that is sad. This was his last movie. Yes, uh, who we would remember as the guy Slinky was Slinky that the dog's Dog, name? also Ernest. Also P. Ernest in I all of the Ernest movies. I, I have not seen a single Ernest movie, you, so he uh, is Slinky for me. You're gonna well, have to watch some of those. We will. I don't think they hold up, but we will. <laughs> I liked him as Slinky Dog. Yes. Uh, let's see. So go, we'll start with Cookie. He cooks. 
terrible food, and he is basically a prospector, even though this takes place in 1914. So with all of these other characters being experts in their field, it seems like money ran out when it came to Cookie, where he's just a chef. He's not the best chef. He hasn't even heard of cilantro. I think he's probably just been around for a while, and no one has the heart to fire him. He also <laughs> didn't know what lettuce was, so that's a thing. But yes, he did have four... the four basic food groups. Do you remember what they were? I have them here. Beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. Th those are the four. <laughs> the only things you need in a diet. It's mm. true. I'll take the beans and bacon. I'm not a whiskey person. Mm. No. no. But if that's all you're eating, maybe you need some whiskey with it. Maybe. Yeah, though... The food that he serves them is some like, form of schlop. I, yeah. Like, it all kind of looks the same as if you threw all of the major ingredients of any meal into a blender and then served Well, that. maybe that's what his four food groups were, just mixed all together. I don't know. It was just a plate of goop that apparently was flammable when you because <laughs> they dumped it in the fire and it exploded. Uh, that's how you know it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have Cookie. We have Mole, who is... Is he French? Yes. Okay, some French guy who's really into dirt. He reminded me of the a similar character on Bones who can look at like a singular thing of dirt and tell you what area it came from and tell you about uh, where so this person has been. Yeah, but based on all of the characteristics of we, the dirt we know under your fingernail. Where you get background on everyone else. You know nothing about Mole on purpose. They specifically say you do not want to know Mole's background and you are not allowed to tell anyone Mole's See, background. I feel like that was just, well, we gave everyone else's backstory, but we're running out of time on the film, so you just don't want to know his story. No, yet. See, I think it's on purpose because it makes him funnier. <laughs> Yeah, because he is a, a very eccentric character. Whatever you imagine uh, is funnier than whatever they would give us. Yeah, he doesn't know um, norms in terms of interacting with people. He he doesn't sleep <laughs> in a sleeping bag. He just burrows himself a hole. He is a weird dirt man, and I love him. <laughs> yes, imagine no. if a mole came <laughs> if a mole came to life. Uh, if a mole was a human being, <laughs> he is he is a little. <laughs> So, so Carl, yes, being a fan of also the Pixar, Disney, whatever movie, yeah, The Incredibles. He's, he's the tunneler guy. Yeah. The underminer. The underminer, The underminer. Yeah. So that do you see him evolving face? into that character eventually? Yes. Yeah, except yes. I see this in a concurrent universe. That's I think that is Mole, like, 50 years down the line. No, that's his great-grandson because he's American and played by What's-His-Face from Cheers. Isn't it the Underminer? Oh, uh, Ratzenberg. Yeah, who's mm. the voice in like every Pixar movie? Right. Is it? I yeah. I think so. Yeah, I guess it would have to be because I don't remember him anywhere else in The Incredibles. And mm. and he does have it, it's a running joke that he has a um, voice in every Pixar movie. Mm hmm. Up until the point that he passes. <laughs> Good. Great. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Carl. So I'll take a moment of silence for someone who's not dead. Is he not dead? <laughs> I thought he was dead. He, he's not dead, right? <laughs> I don't think so. All right, I thought he was dead. Well, this whole podcast so far has been very encouraging. You thought Goldie Hawn was dead. I Ooh. did. Me. Oh, hold on. All right. Well, I will take that. I thought he was gone. <laughs> and he's not. It's good. I like the man. But we've gotten off track. Moving on. Who is the next 
character we want to look at. Ken Ratzenberg is not dead. <laughs> Fair enough. So the other people on the team uh, would be Sweets, the doctor. Who's great. Yep. Yes. Who is a, uh, a large African-American male. He made me think of John Henry. Yep. He's also a... He's also part Native American. Is he Native American? He, I don't know if he was, if he, but he was raised by. Yes, some. he was raised. I don't know if he is has any of that in him. He was but. raised on a reservation. He's also like does chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. he's kind of the the character who is a doctor and knows everything about medicine he'll, at the same time. Crack your back. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so. This movie doesn't give characters a lot of depth. They are. Um, this, just the yeah. ideals of the character. We need a character who does medicine. So this character knows all medicine. I would say one of my problems with this movie is it's, for what it is, it's very short. And so you don't get a whole lot of time to focus on anything. I wish it had a good, it doesn't need to be very long, it's a kid's movie. But this comes in at less than an hour and a half. It's, a, it's about 120. It could use a good 20 more minutes just to flesh it out a little bit. I wish it had that. I would agree with that in that we're describing these characters and we're giving them the same amount of backstory that the film does. I don't, I don't need to get introduced to them. No, but but, (laughs) for these characters, all you need to know is that they're going on this expedition. But, but, right. But even, but we get their name, we get their special skill, we get their motivation because that's what their life has been building up to. But even locations don't get any time to focus on anything. When we get to the city, we don't get to look at the pretty visuals. Everything is feels very, we're here, now move on, we're here, move on. And it's such a, a very beautiful setting and they're really fun characters, but it's very quick-paced and right. you don't this want it to lag and rushed. drone on. But it's such a fun movie and maybe it was because this is was kind of like, Disney B studio. It wasn't one of their more focused on that. We're like, we're not going to give it a longer running time. And I wish they had this movie lacks it, breathing room. I think it deserved that. And I wish it had gotten that. I would shame agree on you, that. Disney. You should have given that, them another like, 20 minutes. All of these characters could be fun in their own way, but they're not really given space to demonstrate anything other than the special skill that they're there for. Uh, so if we're if we want to close out at least the the group, I think we have to talk about the explosions <gasps> expert and then the Vinny. mechanic, Vinny. Uh, and then maybe the leader of the military and his henchwoman, <laughs> Rourke Vinny. and Helga and Vinny. 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 Vinny yes. is the best. I love. Yes, Vinny. I like him in that he's so subdued and just he doesn't really care about anything he just wants to blow things up <laughs> yeah and, and he used to be a florist apparently and apparently the actor kind of read through the lines once and then just did the lines and so they're kind of ad-libbed and he was just like yep this is just what i'm gonna give <laughs> and i love it they're so good they're just so natural and he's just like yeah, I mean, I guess if your character is that you don't really give a crap, you don't really have to give it's a crap so when delivering the lines. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I need like, a hun- if I had a hundred of these, but I got like ten and five of my own and some cherry bombs. <laughs> Maybe. He reminds me of, um, oh, what is the shrimp in Muppets? Peppy? Yeah, Pepe? sure. That's what it kind of reminds me of. It's just like, eh, whatever. So he reminded me <laughs> of like... Kevin Klein when Kevin Klein is playing a French character. Oh yeah. <laughs> that means anything to anyone. Kinda. Like French Kiss. Oh yeah. 
Okay. In fact, I, I could have sworn this was Kevin Klein, and mm. I could have sworn that the guy um, was Tommy Lee Jones, the leader of the military, because he, he uh. at least, like, gave off that aura. I know it's not, because I looked well, it up afterwards. James Carter and Tommy Lee Jones kind of have the same wrinkly forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's which a great is comparison. really on display here. They got the wrinkly forehead and the eyebrows. They got kind of same facial emotions they kind of sometimes yeah. fill the same roles in he, movies. he reminded me of uh the tommy lee jones and like the fugitive where he's leading this huge search party and giving commands to everybody i don't care i, don't care. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't kill, kill my, my wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so let's see oh there's the mechanic girl and i don't remember her name yep that's the thing about this movie um, is you remember their attributes more than their name she's Hispanic. I had it looked up, and then I had to look up John Ratzenberger. (laughs) Sorry, now I just have I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Audrey. Audrey. Yes. Two for flinching. Yes. Yes. So I think out of all of these side characters that are doing their one major role, I think she might have the most character development i feel like her story about continuing in the dad's footsteps gives some history to her character um you know her being the youngest mechanic also um gives some sense that she has worked really hard to be here in that she's the mechanic on this very expensive expedition i do really like the story about her and her sisters that she tells about oh, my dad wanted boys so that they could take over the business and they could become a boxer. And it's just, it's it's not rubbed in your face. It's just this little thing where she's like, oh, what, what happened to your sister? Oh, she's a boxer now. Whatever. Yeah. Like she's heavyweight champion. Yeah. She's, you know, two fights from the title. Yeah, like, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just, eh, we did it anyway. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she also has the biggest turn where initially nobody likes Milo because he's a big nerd and he's gotten them into trouble. And she gives him a chance. Later in the film, uh, she makes a choice to stick with Milo as opposed to the expedition. So I feel like out of all the characters, she is given the most development mm-hmm. other than Milo and Kida and Rourke. So Rourke I wish... development? <laughs> He's kind well, of the same guy through the whole thing. Well, he turns into a he... rock monster at one point. <laughs> well, you know. He does, though. Yeah. So we've gotten to Rourke. He is your typical military leader who has one goal in mind and will not swerve from that goal, which probably makes him really good at expeditions, and he will get you to a place, uh, but it's not so great when the place you find is already populated, and now you have to get rid of all these people or uh, turn a blind eye, close your heart to their sorrows so that there, you can complete your mission. There is a reason this movie is rated PG instead of P, uh, just G, like normal Disney mm, animated yeah, movies. Yeah. They mm-hmm. kill off... So many people die. Let's oh, talk so about that because we've gotten... Let's go on the expedition. We, we start still didn't talk about Leviathan. Helga, but she doesn't oh. really have a personality. No, she's, she's a, just she's a the lieutenant. Yeah, she... Yeah. Anyway, she's the one who shows up in Milo's apartment. She does the dirty and work like, and then gets pushed off a, a hot air balloon. Zeppelin thing. Zeppelin, there we go. That's what I wanted. All right, so we're on the expedition. Before Milo has opened this book and started to translate, or at least explained where they're going, they've already gotten there. They've taken this giant ship. Tooken. Tooken. Um, <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean. 
and without any direction in this vast ocean, they have found within like a hundred meter radius where they need to go. I feel like so, maybe he explained it to them before they left or on the trip, and they I just don't, don't know. Show it I think to there's us. a line that like once Milo gets to the bridge, they're already most of the way where they need to go. But they've seen the book before, haven't they? They can't translate it. Nobody can translate it besides Milo. But they must know enough from the pictures yeah, that they know like that one page is map. worth stealing. They saw a giant stone, which they assumed to be a diamond. Yeah, so maybe there's some other pictures that they're... I don't know. Did they remove more pages? No, is they, that what you're thinking? But, well, they looked at the other pages. But that means that they would have also seen the picture of the Leviathan, so... Yeah, they also would have seen the picture of, like, the little U-bend that takes them to this... It's like a grease, it's a grease trap. <laughs> yeah, a grease trap. They didn't want to call it a U-bend because they don't want to compare it to a toilet. <laughs> I don't know if being in a sink is better. Well, it doesn't dispose of waste, Sarah, and that way it is better. That is what a grease trap does! <laughs> okay, different it dispose kinds of, of human waste. waste. Let's okay. put it that way. Uh, anyway, so the Leviathan here is pretty darn cool. It's like a giant robot lobster. Rock lobster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and these robots are also kind of made of stone, so I could I could definitely get behind like the danger that this presents, because uh, they as they're approaching it, they see ships from every era that have gotten close to Atlantis, too close for the Leviathan's liking, and Leviathan has crashed these ships. That is that is a pretty interest like that's a cool image is just uh, this like ship graveyard and be like oh we don't want to be here although yeah. how many of those people do you think were actually looking for atlantis because if I they were they ships were. they wouldn't have even been under the water so but, no but it probably had some range on it it's probably just this kind of bermuda the bermuda triangle area okay so so maybe they they're in the bermuda this. triangle but i could see maybe there's lore around this area where this is some sort of ship graveyard. You don't take your ship here because bad things happen to yeah. it. If that's what they're working with, I can see them getting to this area first, then getting Milo's clues to know where to go. Mm -hmm. But uh, the one thing this film does really well is it has very good 3D mixed with 2D effects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this giant ship that they're taking is kind of like the Nautilus, um, by what's his name? Not Captain Ahab. Nemo. Something like that. Nemo. Nemo thank you. <laughs> um, it's a really cool looking submersible that they take down, and it's a nice contrast between this large submersible and the Leviathan, who is kind of like this nature mechanical hybrid. The the Ulysses kind of looks like bubbly. It's very mm -hmm. kind of rounded, whereas um, the Leviathan is a lot of plates and movements, like a snake. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, yeah. um, I mean, the they're very different those, from the egg. Those two things together... Uh, is just one of the great images of the film that don't involve any characters whatsoever. Yeah. They have very distinct styles to each other. Yeah. And the way that they decide to fight this is they're going to use a gun that they've apparently prepared and then send out all these other scout ships to fight it as well. Which, and this is where we lose most of the party. They, Which is interesting to me because once they get down into the grease trap tunnel, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in tiny little subpod things that they shot off of the main ship, and they can barely fit through this tunnel. So, right. what was the plan with the giant ship once they got down there? Well, I, I think just... the plan is with every giant ship. If you take a ship uh, sailing on the ocean, you don't take it to an island because that island might not have a port. You will use like a lifeboat to get from the big ship to the island. I think it was the same idea here, except for the Leviathan shot up everything except for two of these lifeboat-esque things. So I would say by the, they show kind of a shot of how many people they had left when they did the, like, memorial thing. There's, what, mm-hmm. maybe, like, 20, 30 people left? Yes. And what's so Rourke, all, all Rourke gives the... a speech here. They left mm-hmm. with 200, 200 men and women. They have maybe 30 left. They've killed over 150 people. Yeah, and this and is the one part they were non-important personnel. Rourke kind of goes out of character here because this is when he looks all sentimental about losing all of his men. But well, yeah, he seems like a good leader here. This is also where all of the people that are there, all the survivors who are not main characters, are like look like World War II Nazi people in their military outfits and gas masks. Like we're not there yet. They all don't have faces. World War One. This is 1914. Well, that's fair. I said they look like. Because later, <laughs> um, Milo says something about he's going to give the stone to the Kaiser. Um, no, but I would say that Rourke isn't necessarily... I, he might be sad about his own people because it's not necessarily that he doesn't have any loyalty to, to his own people, but the Atlanteans aren't his people. He hasn't done any work with them. Why should he care about them? Yeah, that's true. I think... I think to Sarah's point, this doesn't quite break with his character. The mission is still on, and he has lost people under his command that he can feel sentimental for, but he will persevere. The thing that I don't get here is the ship that they left from, the Ulysses, is enormous. Uh, And only two of these much smaller ships survive, but they have everything they need to continue their journey. (laughs) So, like... Did they just over-prepare? Like, every two ships has everything they need, just so if some of them survive, we can continue this? Every escape pod has a chuck wagon. Yeah, and every escape pod has a giant drill and a big balloon, which will come up later. (laughs) Uh, But, like, it did seem to me that they must have over-prepared a hundredfold and then just one of these sets survived... Also, the amount of money that they've lost on this expedition is enormous at this point. <laughs> I, well, and I feel like, to your point, they would need to go into the smaller craft eventually anyway, so they must mm-hmm. have had one of those things prepared with some vehicles in it because they were planning to do that. But they probably would have assumed they would have had time to prepare that once they got docked. But right. my my giving the benefit of the ad- doubt is that we saw those two ships land Maybe some people were, like, skirting around the edges and a couple more ships landed after that scene change and they've got a couple more that that came a little later as they were, like, doing some defensive (laughs) So I guess the point I want to make... Yes, the point I want to make here is... Yeah, a lot of things did... don't get the sense that they've lost anything. Except a lot of identical guys A lot of people we've never met. Because they lost most of their equipment and yet they have all the equipment they need to proceed. Except so we don't for get the they sense don't have a lot of dynamite anymore. Anything important on that boat? Except for the dynamite for Vinny. He still had don't some. Act, he's only got five and a couple of his. Hey, own. he was or able was to create a, a bridge in ten seconds. Maybe. 
10, yeah. maybe 11. <laughs> That's a, that is a great moment for the character. <laughs> Where Milo is looking at this thing that must be a thousand years old with intricate carvings on it that just took a long time for people to carve down and record their history. And Vinny just explodes it so that it can be a bridge. <laughs> Made a bridge. Ten seconds. Maybe eleven. <laughs> Every oh. line from Vinny is just... I need to see if I can find the one later about the flower shop cause at the very end when we get there because it is good. Right. Sad in the dirt, you didn't you? So continuing on this expedition, we take a look to Milo. He's given a chance to lead here, uh, though he's not very good at it at the start. Uh, the way that they point this out is that I think two roads lead into the eyes of a skull, and he has to point them which direction they need to go. He gets it wrong, and there's no actual repercussions here. Just a uh, giant get... bug comes out of the tunnel when they walk towards it. Yeah, and then he holds the book upside down. He's like, oh, no, that way. And I just, I get the sense that Milo doesn't really need to be here. Like, if you have someone who can read diagrams and understand that, you have, and there's no repercussions for getting something wrong. This is just a maze. You keep progressing until you get it right. It was one of a lot of times that feels like Milo's not that important for this expedition. Most Probably times. not. <laughs> Guys, uh, I just realized we never talked about the best character. Oh, who is? Which is oh, my future self, Is this Mrs. The, the old lady on the radio? Yeah, the uh -huh. secretary lady. <laughs> She's me. Who, who has the, various humor, the very humorous line, we're all going to die. Yes. Also the, we're did you forget your pajamas? Die. I sleep in the nude. <laughs> Or the, uh, no, no, don't call me, I'll call you, <laughs> and then the ship explodes. She's also apparently the last Disney character to see animated smoking. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I love her because she's just, she reminds me of Roz from Monsters, yes. Inc., where she's mm -hmm. just like, I do not I, care. I have her down in my notes as Roz. Oh, yep. I love her. I she's going to be me in 50 years, where I'm just like, I do not care about anything. Are you going to be smoking in 50 years? Yeah, at that point, I won't care. At that point, there's not enough time for <laughs> cancer to develop. Yeah. And at that time, they'll probably, like, make... I'll, they'll have had some scientific breakthrough to make them, like, non-deadly and Or taste, she'll like, be chocolate. a newer representation of an old person and just be, like, smoking e-cigarettes. Yeah. I'll have my, like, bubble vape. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have my bubble which, pipe. <laughs> which, in the time it takes you to get to an old lady, will be completely out of date. <laughs> I'll have my hologram. My uh, oh, good, good. I'm and glad great. how we never get off topic on these episodes. Never. Well, well, I was gonna get to this later, but I didn't have much to attach to this film. I think in in reference to what Sarah said earlier, it does kind of move too quickly. Uh, so I wasn't really attached to any of the characters. It just seemed like all of the things that happen, uh, I've seen other places, so I kind of knew where it was going to go. Uh, nothing was really exciting for me in this movie. And so I'm just kind of blasé about it. It did seem kind of like... All right, these are the notes we got to hit. Let's hit that one, then that one, then that one. And it just feels like the plot is progressing to hit these notes, but not exciting me in any way as it does it. And I don't, yeah, I guess I was arguing earlier, I don't see a need for the backstory of these characters because of that reason. You kind of, yeah. you know what's coming. It's an expedition. They need to go find a thing. 
he meets a princess, he's going to fall in love, blah, 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 which we haven't gotten to yet. But <laughs> you kind of can see what's coming up. But for me, it was more about the excitement of the action scenes and the adventure and also the music, which I thought was really good in this one. I would agree with that. I like the music in this. And I the visuals are nice. Like what you said, they mix the yeah, the CGI think, with the actual hand animation really well. And especially with the scenes coming up, the, the 3D in this is very exciting to look at. It's just there's not a lot of character or plot development in between them to connect them and make for a good movie in my mind. Uh, so let's go to what they find next in their expedition, which is really they have to drill through a thing. They have to knock down a pillar so that they can continue. Uh, and then they run into these giant or no, these fireflies that explode. The fireflies that explode are really the only challenge that they've been presented with. Uh, because, I don't know, other than that, it just seems like there isn't really a door that they have to find the key to or things that they have to avoid. It's just we have to create a path for ourselves. Well, the fireflies are kind of the first sign that this isn't like a dead tomb. There is still things living down here in some capacity. Because you're that far under the earth, you shouldn't be finding fireflies. Like That's fair. And they probably shouldn't explode. They really shouldn't <laughs> explode. Um, and it is very soon after that that they find start finding the people. Because you do get a glimpse of them because they're being tracked at that point already because you see the mask mm -hmm. two years before then. But this is the first sign that there are things here that should not be here because there shouldn't be bugs here in this underground tunnel. Um, yeah, I guess I've been spoiled by things like Indiana Jones or your Tomb Raiders where... Your you, Tomb Raiders. <laughs> your Tomb Raiders, where to find the temple, they need to solve some sort of puzzle to make it clear that, you know, only a select few people could find this path. But I would say they weren't trying to hide this. Uh, this was yeah, a city that was fair. destroyed, not hidden. And so they weren't like... There wasn't a, you need to meet these markers or solve this puzzle to kind of be worthy to find the city. It was just, we got destroyed. Although guys. once they get so, there, they're told that they're, that outsiders are not allowed. Well, yeah. yeah so that's it's not necessarily um, that. That's because Spock is racist. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily that they're trying to hide. Yeah. Um, though I could see that being an explanation for Laura Croft or, uh, Indiana Jones is more that it explains why people haven't found it before. Mm -hmm. So the only thing here is the Leviathan. You have to get past this giant monster. And the and Leviathan get... was probably there before the city got sunk? Probably. So I guess once you get past the Leviathan, trekking to Atlantis doesn't seem that difficult. Uh, if you were a singular person and you were good at, say, rock climbing or spelunking, you could get there if you got past the Leviathan. Yeah. It seems to me like all of that previous, like, hard stuff, that was the fences the city had originally. That was just mm -hmm. the stuff you had to get past. That was the city's defenses when it was a real city. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And then all of the other stuff is just, well, now it's a destroyed city. And so you just kind of have to get through, like, what is fallen rock and, like, walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's yeah. not a trap or trivet. It's just, guys, the house fell down. <laughs> <laughs> at, yeah. at this point, I, don't I don't love know. the way 
they get past the fireflies in that they don't really get past them. They just yeah. run away from them. Well, I don't know like, what there's makes There's no brilliant them... solution for putting out the fireflies I wish or at least, like... redirecting them with the light. But they didn't actually get away from the fireflies because they the fireflies broke the bridge and they fell down through and died. to nothing. And then the movie ended. Yes. Yeah. That but was, I, guess I don't understand died, why they're hostile fireflies. Because there was nothing wrong at first, and then Milo oh, happened to hit them with his flashlight, and yeah, that made them mad. mad. Yeah, because that's what happens when you hit bugs with stuff. They get mad at you. With a light? Bugs no, like light. No, I, thought it so, was, so. I thought it was the toilet paper he hit him with. No. No, it was the flashlight? No, no, no. Yeah, because it caught on fire. Flashlights don't catch on fire. No, but no, no, they no. didn't come down until his light shined on them. Right. No, so they, Milo, Milo no. is going to relieve his bladder in the night. <laughs> he is setting up uh, the latrine... Uh, and while he is doing this, his flashlight is going everywhere, and it yeah. hits the light and, it comes uh, down. and shines in there. And the bugs start to come down, and they first land on the toilet paper. But he kind of like shakes it, and it makes him mad, doesn't he? Well, he kind of he tries to hit that away because he thinks it's just a bug with yeah. the toilet paper. Yeah, and then paper. the bug gets mad and sets things on fire. No, that bug exploded because <laughs> these yeah. bugs just explode. No, because he made it mad. He, like, shoot it away, and the bug think, got mad. I think they were going to set things on fire, whether or not Milo no, hit one with No, because later, they just kind of land on him and are fine. And he's like, oh, these are fine when they're not mad at you and setting things on fire. I think that's because Kida was with him and showed him how to act around these bugs. No, I think it's Or he, he did not disrupt a nest of them, and maybe he dealt with more domesticated I versions he, like, of these bugs. I think he, like, smacked it, and the bug's like, I'm going to go into B mode, and I don't care if it kills me because I'm a stupid bug, and I okay, think this that's, is how I deal that's with That's one life. bug. It doesn't explain why the rest of the bugs then decide to set things on fire. Because bugs are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think all of this can be answered with, bugs are real dumb. That's why they all bugs decided. Are dumb. They're so there dumb that they decided scientist. to gang up together to attack these people. Yeah. Have you not heard of killer bees? Swarms. Heard of, Have you not heard of swarms? Yes, swarm mentality and all that. Yeah, bugs are dumb and they make swarms and everyone dies. <laughs> That's not how swarms normally go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I think they needed to not solve the problem and fall in the hole because we needed to learn there's a volcano. Right. We need to learn that there's a base of volcano that is so far inactive. Uh, and it's where Kida first comes and finds Milo and heals his wound with her magic crystal that can do everything. I mean, mainly it can just, like, at the moment, heal stuff and start a car. Not yet. <laughs> Can't Not start yet. the car yet. Not yet. Uh, but, yeah. So I mean, and be a book light. We get our first... So we've seen these creatures uh, running around before, and this is the first time that they take off um, their giant tribal mask at the and show that they're basically with the human. masks, they look like Skull Kid from um, Zelda. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I would love him to be from this society. <laughs> Poor Skull Kid. He's yeah, not he bad. He's just tragic kind of brainwashed story. by the mask because it's a bad All right. Mask. So not much else happens before they actually see Atlantis. And then they have another showdown with these people where they establish that they speak every single language ever invented by man. Uh, and then they can communicate with these people in English. Another reason why Milo is not important to the journey. Yep. Poor Milo. So Milo starts the 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 conversation because he can speak these dead languages but then they start getting to newer and newer languages and end up on english so if anyone started talking in english 
they would have already understood them. And actually, the military people had already been talking amongst themselves in English, so I uh, don't Yeah, know but no why. one wanted to talk to Rourke, so... That's fair, because obvious bad guy is obvious. Oh, yeah, yes. he's... You can just tell by the tone of his voice, it's like, yeah, we're not going to talk to him right now. <laughs> and no one wanted to talk to Mole. But it will be enriching little... for all of us. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, no one wanted to talk to Mole because he was a little overwhelming at that moment because he was kind of in love with Kida. For the, the good of the mission, mm -hmm. I will volunteer. No, yeah. no Mole, you're cute, but you need to like chill. Like uh, take it down like 12 notches. But this is almost to the point where Milo almost becomes useful again. Where is that? Oh, well, not Milo quite yet, because we have to fight with the king first. cannot be taken by anyone else. He has one use. Yes. yes, and we are we are by measures getting to that. Let's so talk about what Atlantis looks like in this interpretation. And describe it to our viewers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's got a lot of trees. So I described it as uh, I think it's Terry Pratchett's Discworld, uh, where it's a city living on a disc that has infinite waterfalls like magic water is coming out and dispersing into this i don't know lava below it um and up in the center is a um is where the city is built on the highest house being where the king lives so he can see over all of his people it's just like el dorado yeah it does kind of look like el dorado. <laughs> um it's pretty it's very blue yeah this was another sense that i got that like oh the cg in this is pretty great in like this giant city is when they do a panoramic shot, it looks like paradise. Yeah, it definitely, you could tell that these animators got to have a little fun with it and got to do mm -hmm. something a little bit different. Um, Cause this and Treasure Planet, which was around the same time, these were kind of, it wasn't the Disney princess movies. It wasn't the main line. So they got to have a little bit more flexibility, I think. And so they got to do things that are a little less normal to what the Disney things. And I really wish they'd done a little bit more of those because I like both this movie and Treasure Planet. Yeah. And they kind of I mean, stopped that after that. They're off the beaten path. They're not like top tier Disney princess type things. Um, and I don't know. They, they, they work in some respects. I like Treasure Planet. I don't know if I'd compare it to this movie as being the same quality. Uh, anyway, we're gonna fight on this one at the end, aren't we? I was a, I was a yeah. lot happier at this one than Probably. I was at Treasure Planet. Oh wow, I was the opposite. <laughs> hey, anyway, I like both. So let's go and meet Leonard Nimoy. Yay! Leonard Nimoy hates the outsiders. Yes, it is your typical. Um, we live in a secret society. We cannot trust outsiders. Please do not let any outsiders in. And then my daughter's going to fall in love with an outsider. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't care that our society is dying. I will change nothing. Yeah, that, that was an interesting aspect is that their society, I think, is running out of food or dying because Kida, Kida and crew that were running around uh, and found Milo, they were looking for food for their society. They, they were hunting. They have been in this bubble society for almost 6,000 years, and so they are running out of resources because what has been keeping them alive is is the crystal, and the crystals kind of has lost some of its power, I guess. Yeah, I think that's kind of the sense they want to give you. Um, and, and they just... So Kida is kind of the next generation that says, well, maybe we need to try to contact the outside world in some way if we can, because our bubble is not. We got trouble in this bubble. We got trouble <laughs> in this bubble. And, and Leonard Nimoy's like, 
yeah, no, I'd rather just die here on this couch. Yeah, well, I will die with the old way. He was a dramatic old man. He's literally, yeah. like, lounging on this couch being like, no, I will <laughs> never talk to the outsiders. They deserve to die. <laughs> Which, I mean, if he wasn't dying, it seems almost like that classic Roman picture where, like, they're lounging on a couch and people are just feeding them grapes. As far as I know, he is not dying at the beginning of the movie, but he is full out, like, dramatically throwing himself on that bench. Like, he is having a dramatic teenage girl fit. <laughs> Right? Like, he refuses to stand upright that whole movie. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, he do he also doesn't sit upright on this throne that apparently he's the only one who can see from there. How dare you talk to me? How dare you? I simply couldn't have you here. I'll give you one night, but that's it. How dare you assume I welcome you? <laughs> Leonard Nimoy is the perfect person. Apparently they, um... One of the other people they considered for this was Tim Curry. Mm. And those are some really highly dramatic people <laughs> that they considered for this role. So I think they always knew this character was just going to be like drama, a drama king. Yeah, just be like, Ugh, I hate you all. I, when I Get was out of listening to his voice, I think at first I was like, you know, I recognize that. And for some reason I was thinking it was the chief from Pocahontas. And oh, then no. later on I was like, oh, no, I finally know that voice. <laughs> We didn't talk about that the one um, professor from earlier was, uh, what's his name, James Ogden Steers, um, who we've already had in multiple movies because it's um, Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast and, well, no, but it's also he's um, Radcliffe from Pocahontas. Ah, and, right. Oh, he was in something else that we've done. But, but um, talking about, since we're slightly sidetracked, on voices, Kida is Cree Summers who I really like in this voice role because she's one of those actresses that we've talked about, talked about with, um, uh, what's his name, Swinney the Pooh, that normally she's one that I can always recognize her voice. Mm -hmm. And I know her as being from Rugrats and also from Codename's Kids Next Door. But she's normally one that she does a voice role, I can recognize her. Right. Oh, wait. Um, but this one is one that is very, very different for me. And I didn't recognize her at first. When I first saw this movie, I didn't know it was her. And so I was really liking her in this one because it's so completely different than a lot of her voices and so i really enjoyed this one so i didn't know who david ogden steers was so i looked it up and for people who may not be familiar with it you may remember him as charles winchester uh, winchester yeah. from mash the tv yeah, series that one too although i have no idea who cree summers is so yeah um i <laughs> will give you stuff but also uh, was she uh what's the uh Never mind. I can't think of the character's name. I th I can picture her from Rugrats. Maybe Susie? Yeah. Um, oh, Lilo and Stitch was the other one that we've um, watched oh, with Dave yes. Dion. He was um, Jumba. Jumba. Um, Jumba. All right. But let's keep moving in this movie. <laughs> Cree Summers is known for Susie from Rugrats. Yeah. Um, known as... Number four from Kids Next Door? Yeah. She did voices for X-Men Legends done stuff for um for as elmira in tiny tunes and was the voice of penny in expector gadget so she's done basically everything but normally i'd be Thank like oh you, yeah it's Cree summers like because when i first started playing x-men <laughs> right. legends i'm like she plays magma who is this super blonde teenage girl and i'm like no 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 <laughs> i know who this voice is i know this is not a tiny blonde teenage girl yeah this is a small african-american child <laughs> but i was like no no 
<laughs> this is Susie Carmichael. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the plot of this movie. I know it's hard. Um, there's um, weird lobsters that they go fishing yes. for? So, before we get to that there, let's just explain <laughs> just to our <laughs> listeners. They meet with the chief. Chief gives them a deadline. You have to be out within a day. You can sleep here, rest, get new supplies, but then you have to leave. And then so, getting right on top of that and being like, we should be worried about that, they're like, hey, yeah. let's go have a whole adventure montage. Yeah, so Which- Milo uh, is elected by the group to try to talk to the people and try to figure out where their precious stones are or where the treasure is so they have something to take back. And as he's trying to approach Kida, Kida approaches him and is just like, I have questions for you. We need to talk. And then they go on their little sidetrack adventure. And they have this whole montage thing, which I swear must have been more than one night that it took to go through all of this. It seems like Milo is there for a week. They yes. traveled by map. No. no one what? Said, I said I they traveled sorry. by map. It's a I Muppets know. joke. Okay. Is this um, Treasure Island? No, it's from one of the newer ones. Oh, okay. It might, I have, seen it the might have been in one ones. of the old ones, too. They travel by map, so you never mind. I anyway, can't. and then she bites a weird lobster. Yes. So this is neat because the thing that they are fishing for do look like weird lobsters, but they're also the more living versions of the Leviathan. Like the Leviathan yeah. was clearly modeled after these creatures. They're like... They're, they're weird, wiggly, wiggly worm lobsters. <laughs> yes. Wiggly and... worm lobsters. And they're blue? I like them. I want a stuffed version of it. Get you on that. a stuffed that. version of everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but come on. Oh, goodness. So where this montage ends is Kida needs Milo. Oh, no. She figures out that Milo can read the language. So this is the one skill that Milo brings that nobody else can do, is that he can he read this dead language. And apparently none of the Atlanteans can even read their own language. Which mm-hmm. is interesting, which means they went illiterate before the collapse of the city. Correct. Right. Because, because Kida has been alive since before the collapse and, and of the city. And maybe it would make sense that she would be illiterate because she was a small child, but her father was an adult and is still alive. Ooh, that's fair. The father should know how to read. <laughs> and and he can't be I would I would assume unless the weird living long power only applies to the royals which so, isn't explained. Here's my explanation for that, which it doesn't make sense why the father can't read. Unless that, he's hiding it cuz he hates people. Maybe. Uh, but we see in the very beginning, because this movie starts with a an action sequence that we skipped over. A lot of more people die. <laughs> yeah, where a huge tidal wave is coming to crush the city of Atlantis. Well, the continent and, of Atlantis and only the city survives. Yes, and this, this bubble goes up over the city that is around this royal palace. Which is basically so it's possible the that no scholars mother. live in this bubble. Yeah. Uh, and that no scholars ran in within the time frame before the bubble went up I, to save the I city. I guess we are talking about ancient times, and maybe only scribes and stuff had the ability to read. Yeah, so maybe none of them sur- survived this calamity, um, and the people that did lost the ability to read. We, it we was did lost not talk the about the fact people. that how 150 people at least died in the shipwreck earlier, the submarine wreck. Thousands of people must have died in that beginning prequel scene because they said Atlantis was a continent, a full continent, but all that survived was a small, the small royal city in the bubble that was formed by Kida's mother. 
Her mother became a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, Milo is able to read. And so Kita gets the idea, hey, you should read this other thing that I'm sure is important, uh, even though I can't read it, but it's underwater. And Milo demonstrates that he has very good conditioning and can yeah, hold his breath for like least 10 minutes easy. Of all of the things in the movie, this was the least realistic thing was him going underwater for this long to get to the air bubble. I would argue it comes later. But yes, <laughs> Milo demonstrates that even though he is a scholar, he is like top tier athlete level at holding his breath and swimming underwater. He would have made about 15 seconds and been like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. Or was it him climbing the mountain, like, right Yeah, yeah I that, don't know. that is the, how, yeah. I don't know why this thing has to be underwater. Like, why make it there that this character can't really get to with what you've described him as? Why not make it somewhere where, like, Kida has to help him climb up to it, and then she has to help him get to a level where he can read well, it. And my question, how did Kida even know it was there in the first place? Does she go diving under here for hours at a time? She looking has for been things? alive for almost 6,000 years. She lives in a bubble city. It's more I'm than sure that. Because she... he, he says like at 10, one point, 000. you must be like 84, 86,000. Oh, right. It's, to, it's like 9,000 years. That's right. Um, she must be real bored. Remember, she has no boyfriend. Her right. mom's dead. She's a royal family, so she has nothing to do every day. So she's probably like, I'm just going to like... Why would you not find a boyfriend in 8,000 years? Because probably they're all boring and dead. Probably <laughs> the chief doesn't approve of anyone. Just uh, like he didn't approve of Milo. Or maybe they're all just like, that princess is weird. She's biting that lobster head again. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you eat this. We use knife Guys, and fork. No, they don't. They use really weird looking utensil string things. Did you watch that scene? <laughs> yeah, I did. But like... I don't know. And maybe I'm right. Maybe it's the royal family, because of their weird crystal powers, can live longer. And so all of her old boyfriends are dead. And she's like, I'm not going to have any boyfriends. I'm just going to go swim in this weird lake. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm just going to go work for, I'll like... Just, I don't have anyone to love, so I'm just going to love this lake, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go work for BuzzFeed, and this will be my new Disney weird backstories. You'll never believe it. <laughs> Uh, but by the time that Milo has read through all of this, which would have taken any normal human being over the course of a week, probably, but he has managed it in a couple of hours with magic lugs that he shouldn't have. By the time he comes up, Rourke has decided, well, it's time to break out guns because you know what this society doesn't have any of? Weapons. Let's take over this city and find this giant crystal out of this page I stole from your magic book. Is this before or after the fish car? Uh, after. After, after the fish car. So I when they start talking, Milo puts a crystal oh. in a car and it crashes. Right. What I don't get is how Rourke he knew where they were. They... Because they were out exploring the city and she said, oh, we should go look at this thing. And suddenly he shows up there with the whole crew ready to right. hold them hostage. How does he it's... even know that they figured out where the crystal is? He, he just shows up there and says, okay, tell us some stuff. Well, he had the page that told him how to find the crystal. 
and it, it had the picture of the crystal on it. I don't think he knew that Milo knew where the but crystal was. He didn't go to the crystal yet. The crystal was over by the king, remember, when he steps in the yes. hole. But they find Milo and Kida in the, the pond. Yeah, yeah. The only explanation I have is maybe Kida told other people where they were going and, you know, Rourke just asked around. But or, through the magic of storytelling, they've gotten back together. Here, here by the way, theory. they explained why he can swim, remember? He, he, he can swim pretty girl. Pretty good. Oh. <laughs> you don't my, I would not that call line. that an explanation. <laughs> my theory is remember that Rourke still has some lackeys that are not dead. And That's so maybe true. he sent a lackey to spy on Milo, like, behind him a little bit, uh-huh. and then send word back to Rourke. And so Rourke's hasn't been following him the whole time, just, just at long the very enough. end. Just Just the lackey went back and been like, oh, hey, it looks like they're finally getting ready to leave. You want to come and shoot him with a gun now? <laughs> yeah. So I write Rourke good dialogue. A, Rourke gives a terrible representation of Americans to a um, an outside native culture by taking it over within a couple of hours. Hey, it's fine, because some of the others are Americans, too, and they do a fine job of not being terrible people. Yeah, but I feel like they're only going to remember this one guy who hey, no, kind of came over. Hey, no, because Milo's American, and he stays and becomes the prince regent or whatever. We haven't got there yet. Anyway, let's go up well, to the king. What's interesting there, though, is in a lot of movies you will see this happens... And the female or love interest, etc., instantly turns on the good guy and is like, oh, you knew this was happening. You planned all this against me. And this is one movie where they don't do that. She still thinks that Milo is the good guy. To be fair, she doesn't have a whole lot of time because pretty soon after that, she turns into a glowy ball. So <laughs> True. Yeah, they, they didn't have time for the relationship to fall apart. She turns into the weird season spirit from Fantasia 2000. I have not seen this. I have, I but I have no what idea called, what you're talking about. I I wrote it as she activates her avatar powers. True. <laughs> I have to look up what that blue thing was. Keep going, keep going. Don't worry about me. Sure. Oh, no, it wasn't blue. It was green. Well, Don't worry. fail. Darn. I'm wrong. All right, so they go up to the king, and they demand where this is the crystal. Milo is forced to translate. Uh, you can find the crystal through the eyes of your king or something. Uh, and Rourke accidentally finds it uh, by knocking the king out of his throne and assuming the throne and then finds, hey, look, the water, the stones make that symbol that's on the book. That's probably important. <laughs> I don't get what that had to do with the eyes, though. Is the king's eyes it, a spiral? It, it, it so was, only the king it would was sit the in the chair where you can see the symbol. The eyes. Yeah. So as far as puzzles go, this is a pretty lame puzzle. <laughs> And I don't understand what happened in that we see this crystal at the top of the society at the beginning. It creates the giant bubble. uh, And then somehow they have moved it underground in this secret area. And I don't know. The king says later that he hid it there on purpose because he had tried to use it as a weapon and he didn't want somebody else to come up with the same idea and cause problems for the city like he did. So he Which, was trying to hide they, it there. If he was still the king. Yeah, it's, I don't know. But he was trying to hide it so other people wouldn't repeat his mistake, was it's the story easy. You he kill said. The king. Oh, kill the king. Then you no become king, king. No king. Oh, oh. Sorry, uh, no, fools. Movie. I will be the king. <laughs> okay, so this movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie's really hard to stick with because it, it is just Disney by the numbers. Um, but. 
Except for the murder part. Except well, I guess for Disney murders. Has lots murder. of lots of deaths. Yeah. All right. So let's keep moving. They they descend into the secret area uh, using some sort of engineering feat that I don't think these people these people are capable of. They, they have, have all kinds cars. of technology. They have. They didn't know how the fish, fish cars. cars worked. They forgot all of this. I think they can figure out a rope and pulley. But it wasn't a rope and pulley. It was all of these steps, these stairs, these stones descending together <laughs> maybe like that was an already elevator. Figured, maybe that was already figured out and they just needed to push a button. I don't know. Maybe. I'll give you the benefit of the, of the doubt. And they find this giant crystalline power source, which is represented by all of the previous king's masks floating around a glowing ball. They've only had four kings. It's very sad. Weren't the, there were more than four, weren't there? Maybe there six. Was only four. It was a very small number yeah, of kicks. Single digits in any case. Yes. Uh, and then Kida gets abducted for reasons. After she glows? This is when she glows. Oh, she, she, gets she, she abducted floats. By the light. She walks across the water and floats up to the crystal because it chose her to be its oh, protector. Oh, I guess there were more masks. And then mm-hmm. they put her inside this thing because they decided, well, she's bonded with the crystal and we want the crystal for its money, so we're just going to take her. My question is why, now that she's full of glowy, weird energy power, why it was just like, yeah, sure, I'll get in a box instead of... Yeah, her. that's what I... Like, why wouldn't she protect herself at all? <laughs> yeah, but, why so wouldn't she be like... I'm my gonna- explanation for this, because the film doesn't give you a lot, is that the stone knows when the city is in trouble, and it acts. So it sees that its people are in trouble from Rourke, and the only way to save them is by giving them what they want. So I this this stone um, so, bargains with terrorists. Well, never well, mind. Can't I can't give away spoilers, Rourke? but... <laughs> why can't the stone blow up Rourke? Because Rourke isn't close enough. Mm. If Rourke goes in the water, it turns red, and it seems like it will blow him up, but Rourke sees the danger in that and doesn't go any closer. Stone become a bubble. I because he's already in the bubble. What are the stone's powers? It's never explained. <laughs> Infinite life and also bubbles. Mm, <laughs> I don't like it. I know. I I would love more lore or more explanation. Something like where the Atlantean people have this uh, this story that is passed down over the past a thousand years passed down, I guess, to each other and not to their children because they're all the same. Uh, but like a, a story that none of them believe of what the stone could do, but it's a myth and then it comes true. But yeah, there's no explanation as to what the stone's power is or what the limitations of it are. I guess it's, it's just power. I guess this was supposed to be to maybe kickstart a TV show and it did not because people did not go to it because it was weird and people died. It got a sequel, I think. It did. Yeah. And it was terrible. Well, because the sequel was a last-ditch effort, kind of, because it wasn't popular enough for it. They didn't, and it wasn't, it was not following the same story because uh, it's also on Netflix, and I may have watched it in preparation (laughs) for this. Oh, no, why? And it was more like a Scooby-Doo episode movie than it was oh, cool. a Was Disney there a mystery movie. to solve? Yeah, they ended up in some ghost town, and the guy was controlling the Kraken somehow, or the Kraken was Release controlling the, the Kraken. people. Was and it for old some man reason, Jenkins? Kida had a pet dog that eats rocks and lives in fire. <laughs> 
Oh, God, I remember this. So, um, <laughs> but going back to, I wonder if they had gotten the TV show, if they had been able to go more in depth into some of these powers and lore, and if it would have been better than the sequel that we will no longer talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. All right. Uh, so moving on, Rourke takes the Lady Stone um, and the rest of the people. Uh, the rest of the people are going to go with him as previously discussed around the campfire they're all just in it for the money except for Milo who's in it for the adventure and the knowledge that he can gain Uh, and Milo guilt trips everyone into uh, staying except for Rourke who decides to punch Milo in the face and Helga Helga. I'm like she's not German but she's the German name now the thing I noticed here is everyone in the truck that, you know, the side characters we talked about before each individually make the choice to go back and stand by Milo. We're all the one person. Die. The one person who doesn't is Sweets, who is tending to the, the father because the father was dying. So apparently Sweets was getting left behind no matter what. Yeah. And the father, I, I don't know if he was already dying, but then Rourke punched him in the gut, too. So Real hard. there was probably something going on there. But when. Did anyone else notice when Rourke punches Milo, he then catches the glasses, which I just thought was really funny. Punches him in the face, glasses go flying, Milo falls to the ground, Rourke then catches his glasses. Yeah. And if he wanted to be a real jerk, he would have smashed those glasses. Yeah. Because there's but he, no way Milo could replace them. he was a real jerk and stepped on the photo of him and his grandfather, so... But it, Ooh, that's but, fair. But it was the, like, I look cool, because I caught the thing out of it. Although, he could have broken <laughs> the glasses and said, there was time now. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. All right. But you can see as the, the Lady Stone is trekked out of the city, you can totally. see the magic leave it. Uh... Color leaves it, the waterfalls stop, and Milo's about to chase after them. Vinny stops him, and because he knows the bridge is loaded with explosives, and the bridge explodes, leaving all of the good guys on this island no longer connected to anything, and the bad guys leaving with the most valuable thing. We've reached rock bottom, and this is where everyone uh-huh, decides. Rock bottom. I sure. I. <laughs> We're under under rocks. I I wasn't going for it, but (laughs) thanks. Good job, Sarah. So this is where Milo's character changes, and everyone decides, oh, he's the leader now. He needs to lead society because he's the leader now. Uh, And it's just like Milo hasn't led any of them before. He has always been a contributor and reading the book, but now he doesn't have the book to go off of. Uh, And later he becomes a military strategist when they go to fight these people, which he has never displayed a capability to do before. So I don't understand why all of these more capable people are now looking to him for all of the answers. Well, none of them are really military people either. Although, especially the Atlanteans who haven't really done anything since. If these these are the same people, they had to be some of the same people who were part of the army before. Right, but none of them apparently even know how their fish boats work, so... That's fair. Which might go back to the people that maybe Kida and the king are the only ones who are alive then. Possible. 
I don't know. See. I think I don't know either. I'm but not let's... going into deep lore. Anyway, let's, they run let's around keep with going. The crystals they destroy another fish boat. Milo shows them how to start the fish car boat things that fly, and they and fly across where the bridge used to be boats. and chase the people. So I have a note here that luckily these weapons of war that destroyed Atlantis before and that we all agree are bad will now come and save the day. Luckily, they just happen to be here. And even though we've established they're not good for our society, luckily we have them so that we can go and fight now. What? what you mean the crystals? No, the, the giant ship boats. Those were just their vehicles. No, 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 because the king gives the expedition, and he says the reason that Atlantis was destroyed is that he tried to weaponize the crystals, tried to build these things and go to war with them, but they were too powerful, and the explosion that they generated caused the tidal wave that sunk Atlantis. Was it, was it all the crystals or just the big still? I don't know, but they, they tried to weaponize them, which is exactly what these vehicles are. No, the vehicles are just a vehicle. Well, but they They're have guns. They shoot <laughs> lightning guns. That's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're meant for fireworks. Yeah. So fireworks have never been weapons. This is the point where Rourke has his Zeppelin balloon thing, and they yeah. they're back in the bottom of this volcano I, that they established before was blocked. So they just shoot a giant gun at it to unblock it. Yeah. So this is where I kind of lost face in the movie because this not earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's because, because why would they pack a giant balloon on an underwater sea journey? And how and did a the giant balloon? Gun. How did the balloon, of all things, survive the crash? Was this the most important cargo that you would load the ship up with? I don't know, but I have a thought going back to the crystal. Go on. Okay, so apparently the crystal has developed consciousness yes. and thrives on the collective emotions. So maybe it's the fact that before he was using it as a weapon of war, and now it's being used as a weapon of protection? And the because the, the crystal knows emotions it can sense the difference so what i was wondering this time through watching it was as soon as they drove off with the lady stone in their truck <laughs> yeah. please stop saying that. why it's i don't know it bothers me the lady crystal um no they both sound like wrestler names now <laughs> i am lady stone <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i have not taken any steroids this is my natural lady voice <laughs> we're almost through this movie <laughs> we're very close <laughs> okay you carl established as soon as they drove away all the light fades from the city the waterfalls stop the city is dying but somehow all of the people with their individual crystals are still able to par power the vehicles that's fair I can give that maybe a little leeway and they had some residual power. I think if the crystal left, if the crystal got to the surface, they would lose all power eventually. But I'm, I will give that the benefit of the doubt that they have enough power to assemble a strike team and go after this thing. Uh, so moving on, they get into an aerial battle where this giant balloon carrying this lady in a box uh, is floating to the top of this volcano 
and these uh, these fish and shark ships and like little aerial motorcycles are flying <laughs> around. You you had a problem um, with the balloons surviving the crash, but not the biplanes that they kept. That they oh were... yeah, I forgot about those. Those are also very dumb. Um, but we establish in this scene as they're flying around, they mistakenly discover that these uh, fish boats that fly through the air have weapons. So Milo's plan was nothing. (laughs) He decided we're just going to fly after them and then we'll be there with them because he doesn't know that they have weapons or can fight them. He just wants to get to the same area as them and then they'll figure it out. Well, you already pointed out he's not a military tactician, so... No, but everybody's looking to him as if he is. And then he starts barking out orders and directing people as to where they need to go. Sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it. (laughs) (laughs) I would say the time to fake it is not in the middle of a battle where you could die. Well, they were all like, you do something. So he's like, I gotta sound smart, so I'm gonna do something. You're the most literate one of us. Please direct us in battle. Hey, someone who had to like pretend to sound smart in a meeting today... I'm with you, Milo. Just <laughs> smile and be like, I mean, yeah, here's what we're going to do. He, he did say, I wish I had a better idea. <laughs> to be fair, uh, he does this after he has like the meltdown in the throne room. He's like, I hate everything. I'm not doing this. And they're like, nope, you are. Guess what? Yep. No one else wants to do it. You're We dumb. all voted. You're the captain. See, I think that's what happened is like they had a short meeting while he was like, oh, I'm sad about my picture. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, guys, we really made a mistake not going. Um, we'll just be like. <laughs> Let Milo make the decisions because we don't uh, want to do this. Right. That's we already the made the decision. We all agree it was bad. We made the wrong decision staying with Milo. I don't want to make any more decisions. Yeah. So that was the deleted scene we didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fight works out. They destroy one of the balloons carrying this thing and it starts to sink. And so they start throwing out all the cargo. This is where Rourke betrays his lieutenant and throws this lady off and she falls to the ground and gets severely injured and does not get better (laughs) well she she at least didn't die from falling out of the thing she survives long enough to like she has a flare gun that she shoots at it so while that is happening um milo has sent the doctor and the mechanic to go break the cage free where the lady stone is hanging um, Did you remember your notes now? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> so they previously established that uh, the doctor has a saw that can cut through a femur in three seconds. The 30 mechanic, seconds. 30 <laughs> seconds. The, uh, <laughs> three seconds did seem pretty quick. Um, but the mechanic is using this to try to cut through this chain and complaining to the doctor, why isn't this working? And up my note is, well, femurs aren't made of metal. This saw is not designed to do this. As displayed in the movie Saul, where they can't use it to cut their chains, they need it to use it to cut their legs. Because that's how these saws work. I've never seen Saw. <laughs> seen Saw. Seen um, saw. Although, seen saw. what's interesting about that is apparently the crystal is strong enough to cut through metal. But Yeah, because the way they deal with this is Rourke is fighting Milo, and Milo is holding his own magically. <laughs> um, and... He is nerd anger. Getting getting beat, but still getting back up. And Milo falls down onto the cage and breaks up in the window of the cage, which... 
It works swings gets an this... axe at Milo and hits the window that breaks oh, it open. Oh, right, right, right. And this, this axe then gets this weird stone energy on it, which gets onto Rourke, and he becomes a weird stone monster. Um, and then Milo runs away until Rourke explodes. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> I mean, at that point, right. I'd be like, you know what? I've been running on adrenaline in this fight this whole time, but this is beyond me. But if this magical stone lady transforms everything she touches into this magical crystal that then explodes, how were they ever going to use her when they got her back to the surface? They didn't think about it at the time. <laughs> I know. This plan is not well thought through by anybody in this situation. But I believe... Rourke exploding makes the balloon explode and they crash. No, Helga shot the balloon with her flare gun, so it was and already going down crash. anyway. They, that's they how crash. Helga died. Yes, the, the Zeppelin landed on top of Helga, so there's another yeah. nice death for you. She was going to die anyway. She was real bad. Uh. Yeah, and so that explosion uh, reawakens this volcano. Uh, and it's a ticking time bomb as lava is coming. They need to get that cage back to Atlantis before it is covered in lava. And this is where we get really kind of neat CG where the lava is flowing underneath them and they they have to attach a, a chain to this cage and fly away in these fish mobiles. But the chain breaks and they got to go back and they barely make it out of live. Like, this is a good action scene. It kind of reminds me of, um, Carl would know this, the 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 temple from Aladdin when uh, everything is melting and falling apart as Aladdin runs away with the crystal why would only and there's Carl the whole chase scene this? with the lava flowing behind because you're not aware of Aladdin you know because, because, yeah. because Aladdin? it's Carl's favorite movie and I know how much you hate it's Disney not my movies favorite so. movie. <laughs> he's one of my favorite Disney characters I've never seen Aladdin nope never no let I don't me describe own the to you the intricacies <laughs> of the magic carpet. I don't own the first two movies in that. Well, series. why would you own two of them? Because the third I'm... one is awful. And the second one wasn't? I um... like Return of Jafar. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> Alright, let's please finish this movie. <laughs> Alright, so they they get the crystal back uh, and the cage is broken open by Kida, implying that she could do it at any time that she wanted to. Uh, and then she flies up into the sky like her mother did, awakening these giant stone titans, which go to the edges of the circle and make the giant bubble that then saves them from the lava. But Kida does not become a bubble this time. No. Um, and the movie ends. I don't with... know if it ever explains why, because her mm. mom got stuck to the crystal, but she didn't. And it doesn't say why she didn't. No. Maybe... Because I guess... they were already stuck underground that she could escape, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the time that she has to protect the city with the bubble is probably a lot less, because once the lava goes over, it solidifies and then breaks, where if you're being submerged, you have to keep protecting it from water as time goes on. I don't know. Uh, but the movie ends with the everyone except for Milo, getting on one of their ships, and now suddenly there's gold <laughs> that was never established before that they're taking back with them. Uh, but Milo decides, you know what? I found my place in life. It's with this thousands-of-year-old woman. I think she's the right one for me. I'm going to stay here. Age uh, doesn't matter, Carl. To be fair, everyone 
everyone back home hated him. So that's fair. And he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a, a job life. anymore. <laughs> True. Yeah. And what happened so, to his cat? Uh, probably was on the ship. No, crazy old man had him. Crazy old man had the cat. All right, then the cat survives. Uh, but I like this ending scene that shows every one of these side characters that were on the mission back home, and they're all in, like, fancy garb now. Um, it in a pot. Oh, and before they leave, they are all given a crystal that they have all now fashioned into, like, a piece of jewelry or, like, a uh, a brooch or like one of them has it as a tooth. Um, this is, I, it kind of brings it all back around to what I was saying about the thing that bonded crazy old man and Milo together because crazy old man wasn't a part of the plan of everyone else. He didn't know what was going on with Rourke or anything else. What he wanted was for his friend's memory to be cleaned mm-hmm. for his, for, for that to be kind of, be proven right. And so at the very end, they're doing this whole scene where it's like, what happened? What happened to Rourke? He went, he, he got lost. He what went happened? to pieces. <laughs> what happened? What happened to Helga? Missing. What happened <laughs> oh, to Oh, we lost her when she fell under the flaming Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, she got Cookie lost. is the best. <laughs> yes. Um, but at the very end, Milo is, is seen as missing, mm-hmm. but he sends a message to Whitmore. Whitmore. Whitmore was like Winterbottom. <laughs> what? Nope. Nope. Uh, the picture of Milo and his grandfather and a crystal basically saying, we found it. My grandfather was right. We can, we can kind of rest easy knowing that kind of his memory, at least in, like, we can't share it with the world, but at least in our memories, right? like, we have proved grandpa correct. Right. So, I mean... If their goal was to clear his name, that doesn't happen. But I think for them, they don't need to at this point. So I want to point two things out at this end here. Now, everyone who, uh, every one of the side characters who are on the expedition with Milo has now gotten insanely rich uh, as displayed by their fancy clothes at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, this expedition is a massive net loss for Whitmore. I think he loses way more money than they could have possibly brought back with them. But he said he didn't care about the money. Fair. But, like, as far as getting any sort of gain from this expedition, it doesn't happen. Uh, Also, the second thing. We have established when they got to Atlantis, they were experiencing a food shortage. And at the end of the movie, we see... Atlantis thriving with them going out on these magical ships and whatnot, but that food shortage remains. They haven't fixed that. They recharged the crystal. The crystal provides that, for them, it said. That doesn't give them food. I assume the crystal does something. The, you would assume so. They don't establish it. They so the problems in it. that society that were they were experiencing have not been solved. They are given new technology, but that does not necessarily solve the problems they They said that the crystal is forward. what keeps them alive, and that the crystal was dying, and that having it be recharged by a host, I assume, mm-hmm. would kind of somehow restart the ecosystem. Maybe. But they do not make that clear. I mean, that was my always my assumption. But I would say that R- Whitmore said he had, I have more money than I know what to do with. The whole point of the expedition for him had nothing to do with money, had nothing to do with that. It was to prove my friend was not crazy. He did not die in vain. That's prove what he wanted. Prove it to himself? Pretty much, I think, because I think at the point where for him, the fact that Milo was happy, the fact that Milo was okay with it, mm-hmm. he was okay with it too. 
and that got proved, and that was fine, and that's what he wanted. He didn't want the money. He probably has at that point, even with all that money spent, probably still has more money than God. <laughs> I don't know. God has a lot of money. But, I mean, he's, he's a crazy old man. He was never about the money. He didn't need any more money. That's fair. I guess, to me, this leaves... He just wanted to finish his friend's project. It doesn't close the loop for me. I get what you're saying, and with that interpretation, maybe I could see it as a happy ending. Uh, but the way I interpret it as an adult is that the problems that they set forth uh, and the things that they showed in this movie, this is not necessarily a happy ending. They show a, a city ending. flying around, but not necessarily dealing with any of the social problems. It's not my um, fault you don't understand magical crystals. I'm not a crystal scientist. Yeah, that's your problem. All right. I will have to learn more of this <laughs> crazy crystal science. Go hang out with... Science. Oh, I was going to say, go hang out no with Leonard Nimoy, surgeon. but he's dead! Oh, he's also dead in the film. The di that guy died. Everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. Except for Goldie Hawn. <laughs> and except for George and Ratzenberger. Shelley Long. <laughs> John, you mean? <laughs> John Ratzenberger. Uh, we also all right. thought Shelley Long was dead. She's uh, dead probably. Either. All right, so if nobody has any more notes, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, where we take a number of movies or properties or even stores and shove them together in the form It's This Meets This to describe our movie. So, Mark, we're going to start off with you. Tell us what is Atlantis the Lost Empire in terms of other things. I always hate going first because then I can't tell which ones that you're going to steal from me. You hate going first. You hate going last. I just, I can't appease you. I have you to this. be in the middle, I guess. All right. Um, so we have a movie where our hero gets picked for the expedition due to their unusual knowledge and experience, but they are shunned by everyone else in the group, even though they eventually earn their respect and end up saving the day. And a movie where history research and a mystical book lead to the discovery of an underground ancient civilization which is lost underwater. So we have Aliens meets National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> All right. I was very confused on that second one, but you sure <laughs> delivered. All right. I have... A daughter of a chief trying to persuade her father to trust outsiders who, against her father's wishes, uh, falls for one of those outsiders. And a team composed of people who are experts in one and only one thing, but come off as being a little one note, led by a military commander, also featuring exploding fireflies. This is Pocahontas meets G.I. Joe Retaliation. I have never seen that. There's nope. exploding fireflies. Yes. Good to know. I thought you were going to talk about, like, Firefly the ship. That doesn't explode. <laughs> uh, because this is a movie that involves archaeology and a nerdy guy with shaggy hair and glasses. Uh-huh. Meets an underwater society where some conflict between a father and daughter. This is Stargate meets Little Mermaid. Mm. I have one of those, and I think it might be a direct parallel to this movie, but Mark, <laughs> keep us going. All right, so bear with me. <clears throat> we have an eccentric billionaire adventurer named Whitmore sending a group of mercenaries to search the ocean for a mystical lost place that can't be found. Only six oh. people return to the mainland following the expedition, and the main baddie dies trying to escape. 
and even parts of the name are shared. Uh-huh. Meeting. <clears throat> a movie with a soft-spoken leader hiding a diabolical scheme. Emotionless, monotone female character in a secretarial role. Unusual love story between characters of different ages. We have Lost meets Monsters, Inc. Yeah, I figured out both of those. I'm <laughs> feeling great about myself. That just means I All explained right. them really well. So I'll use the one that Sarah has already done, but I'll maybe go into a bit why I think it's a direct parallel of this movie. So we have a linguist deciphering a dead language, leading a military group to an ancient society featuring flying ships that they can then overthrow. Also, the linguist decides to stay with the society when the outsiders depart. Uh, and we have a film featuring a female explorer in a tank top with a long braid traveling through caves and ancient cities, finding a secret supernatural power underground. This is Stargate. Let me do that again. Stargate. This is Stargate meets Tomb Raider. So, yes, Stargate is this movie. This movie steals so much from Stargate including, I think, even the A they use for Atlantis <laughs> is something from Stargate. You know that and James I have, Spader's I have hair? never seen that movie, so oh, I would not Mark, have you made have, that Oh, Mark, you have, because this steals <laughs> everything from it. I mean, James Spader has the same hair, right? Yes. It's that it's, center part flop. <laughs> it's, it's just that Disney saw, hey, Stargate's really popular. Let's make something that is exactly like Stargate, but legally distinct from Stargate. And there's no aliens. That's true, but it's it's the same kind of society. Anywho, no I feel like this movie is could just be Stargate for kids. No one's got any aliens in their ears. Anyway, I've taken too much time. Does Sarah Please have continue. more? I do. Yep, we all had three for this one, but Mark, start um, us off on no, our Sarah third round. No, Sarah hasn't said hers yet. No, I haven't done my second one. <laughs> oh, balls. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, because this has to do with a secret society under the ground that has a mysterious treasure maybe and also a group of people looking for a treasure where everyone has their own specialized skill mm -hmm. this is aladdin 3 <laughs> the one you don't own <laughs> the one i don't own but i have seen meets oceans 11 Ooh. or 12 or, or 13. Or any of them. It's or, an ocean Or eight. Or eight? Probably yeah, which eight. I That one hasn't come out yet. Yeah. But it's got to be the same. Just with the People sister. are going to steal something, probably. From Anne Hathaway. And Diamonds. frankly, steal stuff from Anne Hathaway. <laughs> no, no. Anne Hathaway's on the team. She's no, Catwoman. No, she's not. There's, she's is the she one not on the team? No, they're stealing stuff from her. Oh. Sandra Bullock is going to steal stuff from Anne Hathaway. I misunderstood that trailer. <laughs> I have not seen it. At so. least that's what I assume is they're stealing stuff from Anne Hathaway. I and thought frankly, she was one of the eight. And frankly, I'm still mad at Anne Hathaway for Interstellar, so steal stuff from Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I'm mad at her from Les Mis, so oh, we could true. all be mad at Anne I Hathaway. I like her in, in various <sighs> things, but Les Mis and Interstellar are not it. Anyway, steal what you want from Anne Hathaway. Mark, let's keep going. All right. Uh, shoot. Now I have to remember where I was on my list. I'm so sorry, right. Anne Hathaway. Again, some lengthy comparisons. Uh, our movie features a civilization born long, long ago, which had techni technology and flying machines. A group ventures underwater and fights off large creatures defending an underwater city. A naive but intelligent boy falls in love with a princess who is much older than he is, and there is a final battle to determine the fate of the people. 
meeting a movie with a plot that revolves around a people whose life force is bound to a sacred stone. The hero must escape from both rushing water and boiling lava and eventually win the day with the help of local fighters and more technological weapons. So we have Star Wars, The Phantom Menace meets Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, you picked the worst of both (laughs) series, Mark. I I told you you were going to love it. All right, this one is probably the the biggest stretch I have, but my best one got eaten up because Sarah used it before. Anyway, (laughs) I have a newcomer living on a ship with roommates who give him a hard time who are then attacked by giant robots, also featuring flying ships, and a hidden society with futuristic technology based around a magical stone protected by a giant dome force field, we have The Matrix meets Black Panther. Mm, I have not seen that. The Matrix? (laughs) Well. (laughs) What? No, I've seen that one. All right. I have have a half comparison. Well, Sarah's got one more. I've still got one. So since we've got, again, a secret society with pretty trees and um, hard to get to meets an underground expedition based on um, a person's research where everyone thinks they're probably crazy. And in the sequel, it's got a a guy with that looks like he's built like a football player with big arms. I'm mentioning sweets. Mm. It's um, Road to El Dorado meets Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, no. <laughs> the remake. Boo. Oh, God. Was that, was that The Rock? Yes. In the second one, yeah. Okay. You have to admit sweets is kind of built like The Rock. Kind of, yeah. Or John Henry, like you already or said. John Henry. Yeah. Is, when is The Rock playing John Henry? It'll happen someday. Every movie he does is with Disney now, so I'm sure they'll come up with True. it. Well, except for the Fast and the Furious ones. He's probably well, still got about ten of those Disney left. will eventually own that, I'm sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Mark, what was your half My one? half one? Searching yeah. the sea for a site of great historical and anthropological value, but only looking for fame and fortune, and they only end up finding a love story instead, was Titanic. Oh, right. Hate it. Yeah, and they were searching yeah. for a Titanic? giant crystal under oh, the ocean. Oh, I hate the Titanic. The ship or the movie? <laughs> Both. I believe uh, the crystal was also called the heart of something. The heart yeah. of the ocean. The heart of the ocean. Which, which right. in Atlantis was the heart movie. of Atlantis. I hate so. it. I hate it so much. But I mean, good job, Billy Zane. Y- yay! Sure. I mean, All he's right. a bad guy, but good job, Billy Zane. Oh, you're right. All right, let's go on to our second game, which you is still had alternate. Hair Alternate tagline. <laughs> no. Which is a phrase you would see on the movie poster for the film, which is supposed to give you the theme, though hopefully with ours we miss the point. Mark, we're going to start <laughs> off with you again. How the listeners know how people get a word in when Sarah is around. <laughs> uh, mine do not miss the point at all, but... Neither do mine, please. All right. Uh, I'll just start and go down the list. An animated sci-fi epic of unfathomable portions. Proportions. Uh, I can speak my words. Yes, you caught it. I got it. <laughs> it's a pun because water. All right. Um, mine are Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Some secrets should stay buried. Uh, I forgot to say the title first. <laughs> okay, so mine sounds really serious. Like, it sounds like a real tagline. For all I know, is this a real tagline? <laughs> But it's literally a quote from the movie that as soon as it happened, I went, oh, good, roll, like, roll credits sort of thing. 
because basically it's in the scene when he's first talking to Crazy Millionaire, mm -hmm. and it's just Atlantis, Last Empire. Atlantis is waiting. Oh, that that's actually the real one. No, you but literally, one. old millionaire says it in that voice. He's just like, Atlantis is waiting. Yeah, that's actually that's one of the That's almost like a commercial ones, for though. Atlantis. Like, come, no. fly to the Orient. No, Atlantis weirdly, I, I thought for a moment, I'm like, is that what they say in the commercials for the hotel? That's what I was going oh, to say. That could be the, the one in the Bahamas? <laughs> like, is that the one they do for the Atlantis Hotel in the Bahamas? Probably. Um, they also have the, the the one where she's on the cliff and she's like, welcome to the city of Atlantis. Yeah. And I'm like, roll credits. <laughs> we made it. We, at the end. We found the city. <laughs> All right. I have another one. Uh, Atlantis, okay. the lost empire. The most Disney deaths until the acquisition of Lucasfilm. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, so I said this in the podcast, referencing what I was going to say later, which is now. Uh, so my <laughs> second tagline is Atlantis, the lost empire, just Disney by the numbers. Uh, sorry, I put it somewhere. Um, my last one is also kind of stolen because I was, when I was looking through, um, the trivia, apparently the production staff made t-shirts that had this on it, but it's <laughs> Atlantis, the lost empire, less songs, more explosions. <laughs> It's pretty true because like they don't sing like at all that. in this one. They don't. Um, my last, or wait, does Carl have one? No, it's yeah, my, I've got is it my two turn? more. Yeah, I don't remember. This is my last one, and it is a direct quote from the movie. It's just Atlantis, the Lost Empire. We're all gonna die. <laughs> all right, I've got two more here. I'll just run through them. I've got Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Luckily, they've all overpacked. And my last one here is Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Not all expeditions are profitable. All right, let's move on to our final game, which is the TV Guide Game, a description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV Guide or Netflix description, though once again, hopefully missing the point. Mark, you are again going to start us off here. What do you got for Atlantis, the Lost Empire? Milo Thatch is a fish out of water amongst his fellow humans, but the tides turn when he discovers a long-lost undersea civilization. Mmm, mmm. <laughs> Just, I can't. They're not necessarily puns. They're, They're just, just like water yes. idioms. <laughs> I just can't. All right. I have <clears throat> a rich eccentric gives a scrawny academic no other choice than to go on a dangerous expedition to a magical land where illiterate people are experiencing a food shortage. Most of the expedition dies, and while they save the mythical land, the food shortage remains. Um, <laughs> sorry. A man's love of pediology is constantly interrupted by his uninterested co-workers. <laughs> In case you wonder, pediology yeah. is the study of soil. Oh, this is about mole. This is about <laughs> I mole. I did not guess this was about mole. Moly, 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 mole. You sat on the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is just inconsiderate. Uh. He has a bug just for dirt. Well, the dirt is That'll more dirt, important than the other people, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is that right. back to me again? It is. Everything is going swimmingly for a young linguist and his latest fling, but the commander wants him to see that there are other fish in the sea. <laughs> you know I come up with these just for you two. I know you do. <laughs> All right, I've got a man obsessed with dead languages find the one and only place he is useful to society and starts a relationship with a much older woman. An archaeological expedition points out some real problems with child labor laws. 
were there children? There's no reason she would survive. Yeah, that one character, 16. Yeah, it's not great. Anyway, let's go on 16 is old to... enough. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No? I don't think we could do another one, Mark. 16-year-olds <laughs> should not be around nitroglycerin. I, my next no, Mark one has will another be, My next TV one will guide. not be as terrible as the others, I hope. All right. I, my heart can't take it, Mark. <laughs> uh, Destroy our hearts. Go on. Your heart will go on. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a queen and mother sacrifices herself to save her people, so her husband rewards her by trapping her under his palace for thousands of years. Damn. All right. So let's go on to reviews. So our first review scale is our infamous potato scale, which we will tell you uh, how you will feel about the film in terms of our relationships with potatoes. So who would like to start us off? What is Atlantis the Lost Empire in terms of potatoes? So I think uh, as far as the movie goes, it sounds like I mm -hmm. actually enjoyed it more than you two did. Probably. But having said that, I do feel that there are plenty of other movies out there that are much better. Um, so... I want to go with Potato Skins because it has some moments that I really enjoyed and the action is good and the like we talked about, the animation with the mixing of the CGI and the 2D animation worked really well, but overall, there it's just lacking in a lot of things. I could go along with that. Uh, so I would agree with the Potato Skins. I think it definitely has its highlights, uh, but overall... It's not enough to make a movie. Uh, CGI action doesn't constitute good storytelling. Um, I would also say I thought I would like this movie. I remember liking this movie. Uh, so for me, it was kind of sweet potatoes, which we have as not as expected. And finally, uh, I would say it's a raw potato for me. I found this movie very bland and, you know, reflected in my tagline. It's really just by the numbers. You know where it's going. There's no surprises. Obvious bad guy is obvious. Uh, and nothing really wows me about it. Um, I still really liked it. If we had something that was like a third place potato, I'd probably mm -hmm. give it that. We don't. We don't. We weirdly have two categories of potatoes we haven't labeled yeah, yet. We really shouldn't do that, but it's what it is. <laughs> well, it's for when we come up with a category and can't think of a potato, we have them because we have run out of potato now. Um, but I think I'd give it a fingerling because I think my biggest problem with this movie is it felt really short. It felt like there were definitely things I wish they had focused a little more. I wish they had focused, had more time to explore the city before they got caught up in saving the city. I wish they had had a little more fun times bonding as a group before they had the traitor moments. I wish they had gotten that extra 20 minutes. I don't think an hour 45 or an hour 50 would be too long for a kid's movie. I feel like an hour 20 is really pushing it on, on length. It's really, really short. <laughs> um, so I think that would be what I'd give it. I'd give it a fingerling. It was just really short for me. You realize really that, that the original Dumbo was 65 minutes. I know, but... But at that time period, those Disney movies were really, really superficial. They're beautiful. I love the music. But there wasn't a lot of character basis, and there weren't a lot of characters in them. You've only got, like, what, four or five that really have any time? 
and a lot of them are put into categories. You've got like the mouse, you've got Dumbo, you've got his mom, you have the crows, which are kind of one character, <laughs> and that's kind of it. All right, so we're going to go on to our second scale, which is a rewatchability scale from zero to ten, telling people should they go back and watch this movie. So what do you guys have in a numerology scale? For whether people should go back and watch this. Sorry, I just I'll go you call first. It a the fact that you call it numerology. I, that's what I was like. That's the second. first time we've called it that, but okay. Yeah, I always just ad lib this. I should write it down. <laughs> Sorry. It, it wasn't wrong. It was just different. Yes. So why don't I start us off on this? Uh, while you guys recoil, recoil for my use of a word. Recoil. <laughs> Yeah, Carl doesn't normally use words. He just gives us feelings. <laughs> That's the essence of our potato scale. Uh. He just projects colors at us and we figure it out. <laughs> All right. So you guys have gauged my reaction to this film accurately. I didn't really enjoy it. It was not very exciting. The characters are very one note. At even going through it, it was hard to lead you guys along the path of the film, and I feel like we got distracted talking about it because there's not a lot to talk about. There's just not a lot to it. It just keeps moving, and it, it just isn't very exciting as it's doing it. I can't sell this movie. I couldn't tell you to go back and watch this film because I didn't enjoy watching it. That being said, it's not bad enough that it's fun to watch either. It's not a horrible movie. It's not a great movie. To me, this movie is dead center on the scale, and it's just kind of boring to me. So I'm going to put it right at a five. That is where I think it deserves. It's kind of in the middle. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of eh. So that's my rating for eh. I'm, I don't agree. Okay. Um, there's definitely better movies. It definitely feels rushed. Um, I do think I liked it more the first time I saw it, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, I'd probably give it about an eight, an eight and a half, maybe. I like it. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to like rush out and like tie people up and force them to watch it like some of the other movies. I, I'm not going to give it up. You keep recommending this. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously not going to give it above the scale and like, if anyone goes missing, yeah. we, we have on record that Sarah wants to kidnap I, people and make them watch movies. <laughs> it's being recorded I, as we speak. I don't feel as strongly about this where I feel like I need to stop being friends with Carl because he didn't like it as much, yeah. which I have felt about some of the other movies. That's I, fair. Um, but I still really enjoyed it, so about an eight. I know you, right. you, I wasn't there for this one, but I'm sure you defriended Carl over his rating of Ants. <laughs> oh yeah no that was just a, a whole podcast of carl and i being like why is people like why do people why was this made why do people like woody allen <laughs> do people like woody allen um so it's interesting so i uh as some of you may know i can be nostalgic about movies which is kind of the whole point of our podcast i suppose so for me watching a movie that i remember liking as a kid i kind of go into it already expecting that i like it and i don't really think about it much i just watch it so so going through it here i it like i gave the potato scale it has its really good moments but there are other moments that kind of bring it back down so i'm kind of gonna go in the middle of you two and end up at a seven mm. i think 
I enjoy watching it, and if you have never seen it, it's worth seeing it at least once, in my opinion. Um, I mean, but just it's... to finish your Michael J. Fox collection, which everyone should finish <laughs> yeah. their Michael yeah. J. Fox collection, he is a treasure. I, I agree with that. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's so him. boring that that you would not enjoy watching it at least once if you have already seen it and found the podcast enjoyable or it brings up points that you haven't noticed before. It might be worth watching again just to see if you agree with us, uh, or it may not be worth watching again because you agree with us already. It so. gives some good life advice, like remember to take August off. Yes. <laughs> In the flower shop. Uh. Nine to five, Mondays to Fridays, Saturdays till two. Take definitely take Sundays off. Maybe we'll come in for a few hours, but August gonna take August off. Sorry, yes. that was the line from that I talked about earlier that I really wanted yeah. to fight because oh, I think it's really good. funny. Was that was that what we learned today? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> take August off. All right. Uh, so, Sarah, can you tell people where they can find us online if they choose to do so? Yeah, if I find my page. Yes, you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast, which I will better at doing. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, and you can find each other at Retrograding Party Line, which some of you post really funny stuff to. So good job, guys. You're probably funnier than we are. Um, you can find us on our website at retrograding.fireside.fm, and you can find us on iTunes if you just search for Retrograding. We are there. Um, give us a like. Give us a review. Give us a share. Give us a sky banner. Give us your money. <laughs> give us some yes, chocolate. Yes, please. <laughs> um, give us a puppy. <laughs> Whatever. Just We'll take Any, all gifts. Anything you want. Uh, gifts, money, ad- admiration, we'll take it all. <laughs> All right. Our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her on SoundCloud at Dominique A. Barnes if you'd like to contact her or hear more. So this brings us to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today. Now, Sarah has already varnished us with a good lesson um, (laughs) that you should always take August off. Uh, I was just going to say that never trust obvious bad guy. Obvious bad guy is obvious. So on that wise words of wisdom from both of us, we're going to call it and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 